Well, the markets finished with a bit of optimism on Friday with new highs for US shares ahead of corporate earnings this week. Britain goes shopping again from today. The US and UK continue to roll out jabs at astonishing rates. And Jerome Powell continues to say, don't worry about inflation. All that and a quick look at what we've got ahead for this week as well. It's Monday, the 12th of April, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar had a slight gain on Friday, but the trend is still generally down this month. The Aussie dollar lost 0.4%, down to 76.2 US cents. The pound down 0.2%, only a small fall for the euro. And US stocks piling higher, 0.7, uh, 0.9%, I should say, up for the Dow, 0.8% for the S&P 500. Both of those reaching new all-time highs late in this session on Friday. A 0.5% rise for the Nasdaq. It's not far off the high it said in February, actually. And bond yields rising up four basis points for 10-year treasuries on Friday. Similar-sized rises in yields across much of Europe as well. But over the week, uh, 10-year treasuries uh, and 30 years uh, down uh, over the week. 10-year treasuries at 1.66%. They started the month at 1.75%. So it looks like a bit of risk on on Friday, except for oil. Oil's down 0.4% in Brent. And precious metals also down over 1% for silver, 1.3% down for copper. So we kick the week off with Tampa Strickland, Director Economics for Markets at NAB in Sydney. There is a, a bit of optimism. I guess this is in part the vaccine rollout, but also we've got uh, corporate earnings this week as well. And maybe there's optimism because, well, we've had pessimism, so why not try optimism for a while? Hey, good morning, Phil. <clears throat> yes, it was a quite an interesting session on Friday, and equity markets uh, have definitely lifted further. And really driven by uh, two, two notions. So one, the US vaccine rollout continues to progress very quickly. I was just looking at the data then, and uh, the US has now delivered 184 million vaccine doses. I mean, he keeps on bringing it forward, and, uh, doesn't he? So he, he had said 200 million vaccinations would have happened by April the 30th. Now he's saying uh, it's going to be April the 19th, which is just over a week away. Yes, that's right. And that should enable all adults to go forward and get vaccinated by that date as well. And people are brushing off any reports, any concerns about, for example, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. There's, there's similar concerns as there was with the AstraZeneca about blood clots. But the cases are so tiny, they're just moving on. I mean, you know, it's a question of balance, isn't it? But it doesn't seem to have upset people's uh, adoption or markets' response to that. No, it doesn't. And then the other factor driving equities really has been this consolidation in yields over the past week. And when you look at the uh, 10-year government bond yield over the past week, it's eased by by five basis points. And the 30-year yield is also eased by about two basis points. But just worth noting, on Friday, uh, bond yields did lift, so the U.S., 10-year Treasury yield did rise by four basis points to 1.66%. So why, I mean, are we, is some of that inflation? I mean, we keep on hearing, don't we, that, you know, there's the concern and then we have Jerome Powell talking it t- talking it down. So he was on 60 Minutes uh, in the US on Sunday night, again saying, you know, we're going to see uh, things, jobs pick up, the unemployment rate's going to get on track faster. Uh, we will see inflation, but uh, it's only transitory. Uh, so he's been brushing it off again. Uh, yes, that's right. So on Friday, we did get some producer prices and uh, producer mm. price inflation was higher than expected. It did add to some of those fears that uh, inflation may pick up a little bit more than what the Fed is expecting it to. So the core PPI came in at 0.7% month on month versus 0.2% expected. And the annual rate for the core PPI lifted to 3.1% from 2.7%. And that's also highlighting those base effects that a lot of people are talking about with those uh, very low prints uh, from this time last year starting to drop out of the calculations. Um, at the same time, though, uh, Fed officials are continuing to reiterate that they think uh, any inflation impacts from the recovery are likely to be 
temporary and that the supply side of the economy will recover in line with the demand side of the uh, economy. And I guess the key question for markets is um, markets are definitely pricing in the uh, or at least demanding compensation for the risk of inflation picking up. And the key question is, when will we know if the Fed is right or wrong on this? Uh, and the Fed's mm. Clarita made some really interesting comments on Friday, uh, saying that if inflation at the end of the year has not declined from where it is in the middle of the year, that will be some good evidence that the Fed's current outlook is wrong. So uh, in, in the sense that the Fed is going to be sticking to their script, uh, they can pretty much stick to their script until the end of the year. And then if uh, inflation does... <laughs> pick up um, more than what they're expected. Well, they have to eat their words. Uh, then, yes, yeah. and they have to well, eat the their words. And then you can see quite a sharp uh, bond market reaction uh, in Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I mean, the first of those numbers that we were looking at is CPI uh, later this week. Obviously, it's a bit early to tell anything. But, I mean, there is an expectation from some, isn't there? Some 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 economists are saying, yeah, it's not going to be 2024. It's going to be before that, before we see the, the hike. But, you know, we're going to have a rate hike before that. Yes, yes, that's right. So there's, there was a Wall Street Journal survey on Friday, and uh, the consensus for economists is that the Fed is going to be hiking rates in 2023 uh, in, in, instead of what the Fed is saying, which is uh, 2024. So I think that's interesting that uh, – the market median for economists is shifting ahead of the Fed. And the Fed's Kaplan uh, is also starting to lead some of the, the, the debate here as well. And he wants the Fed to avoid being too late in tapering asset purchases. And if you recall, the Fed has said they won't taper asset purchases until they've made substantial further progress on full employment and getting inflation closer to their target. Uh, and on Friday, he said um, he'll be looking at signals over the next uh, several months uh, when to start discussing uh, reducing the Fed's $120 billion in uh, bond purchases. So in Q3 of this year, you'd expect some Fed, Fed officials to talk about uh, the need to taper their asset purchases. And all of this well. makes uh, bond auctions that much more exciting, doesn't it? I mean, normally they just pass by. The last few, I mean, there's been a lot of interest. So we'll get three and 10 years tonight and then 30 years tomorrow. And of course, many more to come. Yes, yes, that's right. And um, no doubt a lot of people would be talking about that deluge in bond supply and whether that would be an added factor in mm. driving up yields. And on the back of that, uh, and the Wall Street Journal survey as well, uh, surveyed a number of economists thinking where their 10-year government bond yield is going to be. Uh, and um, most of those people were expecting the 10-year US government bond yield to rise to 1.9% by the end of the year and uh, to be about 2.5% in 2023. So yeah. this secular rise in yields uh, looks like um, most people were thinking it's going to be sustained. And just back on equities very quickly, I mean, another reason that might be driving it up is uh, corporate earnings season, of course, kicks off this week. And there is, a, you know, high growth expected from uh, from banks, consumer discretionaries, anybody who's going to do well as uh, as lockdowns ease, I guess. Yes, yes, that's right. So the financials uh, do kick off earnings season on uh, Wednesday, and we get uh, J.P. Morgan, Goldman's, and Wells all, all, all reporting. Then I was just looking at what the S and P five hundred is currently trading at, and it's uh, currently trading at twenty two point six uh, times its projected earnings over the next twelve months, and the five year average for that is eighteen point one four. So it does seem like uh, investors are definitely paying up for some of those uh, high quality companies and also for those uh, growth stocks out there and then the real question is is the does the earnings outlook that's presented uh, justifying those lofty valuations so the big question as well is in, underneath all of this is how quick do the jobs come back and uh, so that's a question mark in Australia isn't it because there's a concern that maybe uh, some reports over the weekend that maybe it's going to be f hard to find 
the right people. Uh, maybe it's just, you know, a structural problem. But if we look at uh, what happened in Canada on Friday, uh, I mean, their latest employment numbers shot the lights out, didn't they? Yes, that's right. So Canadian employment, I think, was uh, almost three times the market consensus. So uh, jobs growth was uh, <laughs> plus 303,000 uh, and the unemployment rate fell to 7.5% from 8.2%. Uh, just worth noting, though, in Canada, uh, parts of Canada going back under lockdown and tightening of restrictions. Yeah. So you'd expect some of that employment growth to, to fade, but it does highlight where uh, you do have uh, restrictions easing. You do see this very sharp snap back in economic activity and that snap back in economic activity is taking uh, most forecasters by, by surprise, uh, particularly uh, central banks and treasuries. So that does have implications. If you do have virus control, um, how easy policy needs to be in that environment. And that's part of the reason why, while global yields are, are rising. Yeah, well, the bounce pack could actually be quite good, couldn't it? Because in the UK, for example, some figures from the Office of National Statistics there out on Friday. In the UK, of course, which has had it worse than most, 40% of businesses say their profits have stayed the same compared to uh, their expectations for this time of the year normally. Only 11% said their profits had declined by more than 50%. So lots of them being impacted a little bit, but it's not been catastrophic. And then a third of companies, only a third, uh, so two thirds are doing okay. One third have said uh, we've only got a, th- a few months of cash reserves left, but everyone else has got more than that. So that sort of hints that things could bounce back quite quickly. And that's in the UK. So, uh, we, I mean, you know, the, the recovery could be fast everywhere, couldn't it? Yeah, that's right. So um, the governments right around the world have been providing a lot of support both to the household sector and the business sector. And that's really uh, helped bolstered um, household and business balance sheets. So uh, in that respect, uh, you could see uh, if business and consumer confidence recover, uh, quite an aggressive uh, rebound in economic activity. And that's indeed what we saw in Australia in the second half of last year. Well, they open up, of course, in the UK on uh, this morning uh, for, for shops. Uh, so non-essential retail that's been closed opens up, leisure centres. Uh, you can go to the pub so long as you sit outside. I think it's a bit chilly for that at the moment in the UK. But look, the number of deaths reported in the UK on Sunday, seven. Uh, in January, it was 1,360 was the uh, was, was was the peak. So uh, those numbers have really come down, haven't they? So let's hope that they stay down there for them. Uh, look, this week, uh, jobs numbers for Australia... Uh, Quite a, as I say, quite a bit of uh, press about the shortage uh, of uh, potential shortage of, of staff. Um, but what are we expecting in, in those numbers this week? Uh, for Australian jobs data on Thursday, and uh, NAB is expecting another very, very strong print, and we're seeing upside risk to the consensus. We're going for fifty-five thousand jobs to be added in March, and just worth noting that does predate the end of JobKeeper, uh, and the mm. consensus is for thirty-five thousand. And we also expect the unemployment rate to decline two tenths to five point six percent from five point eight percent. And if you recall, uh, where unemployment was uh, prior to the pandemic, it was at five point one percent. So it would suggest the Australian economy has uh, definitely snapped back qu- quite sharply. Uh, almost to pre-pandemic uh, levels in most um, areas. And a key reason for that, and uh, you noted it in regards to the staff shortages, is a closed international borders. There's a real shortage of low-cost labour, uh, particularly mm. in the agricultural and the hospitality space. And you're hearing those kind of concerns in, in New Zealand a, a, as well. And so I think that would also help drive uh, some of the demand for inflation compensation as well. We get uh, RBNZ, uh, of course, uh, later this week. We've got plenty of time to talk about that later in the week. Today, we get UK monthly GDP numbers. They're out later on. European retail sales as well, both for February. Neither of them are likely to be particularly good given uh, lock- lockdowns. Uh, and today, well, it may be today, sometime this week, uh, we don't know, uh, aggregate financing data for China as well. What will that tell us? Yeah, so the aggregate financing data will be really interesting. Uh, there have been a number of calls within the Chinese press by the 
PBOC to rein in credit growth. And uh, there have been a lot of discussions amongst the state-owned banks there. So you could actually see the aggregate financing uh, data starting to moderate over the months ahead. And uh, there are some really neat charts and analysis that shows you the expansion in aggregate financing really does lead uh, the rest of the world. So if China is starting to apply some of the brakes in terms of its uh, recovery, uh, then that will no doubt have implications for the rest of the world. So I think that is definitely worth, worth highlighting. And the other thing mm. worth noting in China that's coming up this week is uh, Q1 GDP on, on Friday. And uh, just worth noting the the base effects are going to see some eye-watering year-on-year read. So Q1 GDP is currently pegged at 18.3% year-on-year. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? All right, very good. We'll leave you there now for now, Tapas. So we'll catch you again later on. Thanks. Oh, great. Thanks, Phil. And that's it for this Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again for Tuesday morning's edition. That's the way it works. I'll see you then. Have a great day. See you in the morning. 